We're going to kind of mix things up a little bit today. Um, this is not how we usually do our time for our message, but we've sort of inadvertently created a tradition where when we end one series, we have a little bit of a break in between and before we start a new series. And that's where we are today. So um, a couple weeks ago, we finished up our series on the book of Matthew. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to start up a new series in the Psalms. Um, and needless to say, this has been a rather, this has been a hectic, this has been a hectic couple of weeks for me. Um, my name is Josh, by the way, we haven't met, sorry, nice to meet you. Um, so, so if you're not aware, uh, last week I was down at Fort Carson for about nine days, so that's why I was gone last week. Um, uh, and then next week I'm going to also be back at Fort Carson for three days, and so we've got this weird week right in the middle where I'm not going to, I don't want to start our series on the Psalms just yet. Um, but it, it has been a rather hectic week. Um, if you're not aware, we were, I was on my way down to Carson, the... The truck broke down around Brush, Colorado, uh, so I had to call Lindsay Sunday because I left right after church on Sunday. I had to call her and be like, hey, I'm kind of stranded, and so she picked me up. We drove all the way down to Colorado Springs, um, and, and it, was, it was a good experience. We got to, we got to go to church on post there uh, Saturday night, and we got to spend some family time, so it was, it was good. Um, and then this, this last week, I just started up classes at school. And so I'm getting back into the swing of things there. Um, but but it's, been, it's been stressful in a good way. It's been hectic and stressful in the same way that we talk, you know, we talk about God being the, the sculptor and we're the clay. And I feel like the last couple of weeks I've had God has been stretching that clay and pushing and molding me uh, in different ways. And so that's a good thing. Um, when you're in, in those positions where you're stretched to the max, I think you should remember that God is sculpting you, and it might be uncomfortable at first, um, but he's shaping you into the person he wants you to be. But one of the things that I, that I got to do while I was at Fort Carson is I got to shadow a couple of the Army chaplains who work at the Army Hospital there. Um, I got to help put on a midweek church service there at the hospital, visit some patients, uh, give them encouragement and all of that. But what was interesting about that entire week was that I went in with the expectation to be doing a lot of ministering and pouring out to people. And what I got instead was uh, a lot of cup filling. So I got to work under various army chaplains who had been in the service for multiple years. And then before they were chaplains, they were pastors at churches. So I probably had a good two to 250 years of combined experience of people that mentored me. And so what I, what I kind of wanted to do in this, this turnaround week here is I want to talk about a couple of things. I want us to have a casual conversation. Um, that's why I don't have a pulpit here. That's why I'm uh, sitting like on our own. So I want, I want you guys to treat this like a Bible study more than a sermon. I, I want your opinion. I want your involvement. Um, and I want to kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit trail here, if that's okay, if you'll allow me that. Um, so feel free if you want to interrupt me. If... Uh, I say something dumb, you want to stop me, or if you have an idea, like, just jump in there. Um, and so I, I've been thinking about, in the military, there is a, they have this thing, it's a structure, right? There's a hierarchy. 
not just in the ranks that people have, but you have different organizations who are in hierarchy with each other. So, you know, you have a squad of soldiers, and multiple squads make up a platoon, and multiple platoons make up a battalion. And so there's this structure in this hierarchy, and each echelon has a mission or a goal that they have to accomplish, but their goal has to fit in with the level that they are nested under. Right, so if, if you're in a platoon, you have a mission, you have something you need to accomplish, well, before you decide what you're gonna do, you have to look to the level that's above you and say, well, what is my commander's mission? Because if my mission is not in line with my commander's mission, then I'm doing something wrong. And so whenever you do anything in the military, even in ministry, in the chaplaincy, um, there's two things that you look at. You look at um, army doctrine, right? So army has a list of standard ways that you do things. And then you look at your commander's intent. And you look at what your commander's mission statement is, and you use that to derive your course of action. And it works really well because the, you have this standard operating procedure so that the commander doesn't have to go and describe exactly how you're going to do it. The commander just has to say, hey, I want you to clear this building. He doesn't have to say you're going to walk in a wedge formation with this guy on the right and you're going to have this many rounds in your M4. Like, that's in the standard operating procedure. Every soldier should know that. The commander just says, my mission is to secure all of the buildings in this town. And then each platoon says, okay, in order to fulfill that mission, we are going to clear these five buildings. And then they do it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like the church in a lot of ways. If, you, if ACC was a platoon, we have various squads, right? We have children's ministry. We have people who greet people at the door. We have people who prepare communion. We have different people at ACC that have different things. And hopefully, they're all looking to ACC and saying, how is this fulfilling what the church's mission is? We have sister platoons that we work with, right? We work with First Baptist and other different churches, and they have different direction and goals. And hopefully, we're working with them in a way that is harmonious. But we're not a denominational church. So here's where I want to I propose it to you. We don't have a structure above us, right? There's not an Alliance Christian Church headquarters that we report to. So who is our commander? Who do we report to in that regard? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? We get, like, because of the way this, this church uh, congregation is structured, we report directly to the commander-in-chief. That is cool. It's also a very big responsibility that I think we should take seriously. Um, but it is a really cool thing. So if we're, if we're thinking about our church in those terms, and we want to decide what we as a church are going to do, what is our commander's mission statement? And where would we find it? Yeah, I heard that. Go ahead and say it again. Go and make disciples. So we find that's in Matthew. Um, I have a list of what I 
thought everyone was going to say. So if somebody says a Bible verse that's not on here, good on you. Um, we find that in Matthew 28. Um, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, this is a big book, though. There's got to be other places where our commander's intent is spelled out. Yeah, ooh, I, see, I didn't put that on there. I would, okay, if we're going with this metaphor, I think the Ten Commandments might be more along the lines of our standard operating procedures, I think. Because it's not, um, it's something in the Bible that we would look to to say, this is how we live. But it doesn't necessarily say what we should be doing in our mission. But I like that in the Ten Commandments. Um, I had a couple other here. Um, Luke 19.10, I think, is a very good mission statement that our commander gives us. Um, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Do you guys agree that that would be one of Jesus's mission statements? Jesus says, this is the reason why I came and this is why I'm here, to seek and save the lost. Um, what are some other things? And even if you can't quote it chapter and verse, some other ideas. To love one another? Yeah. Um, I don't think I had that one in here. Let me see. You guys are really good because... I tried to think of everything you guys were going to say and put it in here, but I didn't. Um, oh, that is good. We're ambassadors for Christ. Yep, yep, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, that's an entirely different mission, isn't it? Um, so seeking and saving the lost is an important mission, but being ambassadors for Christ... Um, almost puts, puts us as the church on a, a more of a, you know, a representative mission. Like you would send an ambassador to another country. We're representing what Christ is all about. What else? Um, when we're thinking maybe about Jesus's mission specifically, I think of John three seventeen. Um, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through Him. Right. So here in this mission statement, Jesus is saying, "Here's what my mission objectives are not, and here's what they are." Um, so in a way, Jesus was on a rescue mission. Um, I think that comes along with to seek and save the lost. There are people, and that goes right along with make disciples. There are people who are lost, and Jesus' mission was to rescue them. What about uh, Mark 2, 17? Jesus says, those who are healthy don't need a physician, but those who are sick do. And Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
That's a mission statement, isn't it? Um, I've got Luke chapter 4, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 1, verse 32. This is the angel proclaiming to Mary, so this is the angel who is telling Mary what God's mission statement is. He says, he will be, Jesus will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. So these are different, different, this is a establishing a kingdom. We just got through talking about the book of Matthew and Christ's kingdom. Um, and then obviously, Mary hit it right on the head, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So then I guess my question, this is where I really want us to have a discussion about, is when we think of all of these mission statements, these are mission statements of Jesus, where do we, specifically as Alliance Christian Church, fit into that higher order mission? Yeah, you're our... Uh, we are the ambassadors. We are representing Christ. So one of the, and this is where we're going to, I'm going to beat this military metaphor until it's dead. When you make a mission statement and you're looking at your commander's intent, it's always more specific than what your commander's mission statement is. So your commander might say, um, we are going to perform an attack in the vicinity of this region between this state and this state in order to um, take ground, right? That lower echelon will take that mission statement and their company commander will say, okay, we specifically are going to perform atta an attack on this hill in that larger area. And not between this day and this day, but at 1800 hours on Thursday with this many troops so that these three platoons um, will have their right flank covered and we'll be able to do that, right? It's a specific mission fulfilling the higher order mission. So with that in mind, where do we fit under Christ's higher order mission? I'll find it. We're going to read it. 1 Peter 3, 15. I've got, but Christ set apart as Lord in your hearts and always, excuse me, set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. Yet, do it with courtesy and respect, keeping a good conscience, so that those who slander you in your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame when they accuse you. I like that. Always be ready to give an answer. To whom? And this is where I want to get into, um, I want to get into some specifics here. Um, always be ready to give an answer to whom? To, 
to God, to, to the people we interact with? If we're looking at specifics here, um, go and make disciples of all nations. Raise your hand if you're planning on going to another country on a missionary trip in the next year and a half. Okay. So then our scope is a little bit narrowed and focused, isn't it? We are the puzzle piece in Alliance Nebraska of that all nations component. Our platoon is, is specifically focused on this geographic area. So where is that? Let's, let's hear some specifics and where can we be ministering and serving? We can start with the town of Alliance. Anybody ever in Bridgeport? Okay. See, now we're getting some specificity. Where are the places? And this is, like I say, I want to hear, hear specifics. I want to hear, like, yeah, I am at this place in this town every single week, and I can be, I can be deployed to this unit, to this area, because this is where I'm going to be. This is a surprise planning meeting. Okay. And and where was that? In Bridgeport. Okay. Okay. I mean, so those are. I think those are different. That's a, that's a perfect example of something. Yeah. Um, and, and feeding people who are in need, and maybe that's something that we can be employing here or in different places. Um, It was called 523. I'm going to write all this stuff down. I will Google it. Yeah. Yeah. That is a perfect... Um, I think what we sometimes forget, and maybe we get a little complacent, is that we each in our own individual lives are actively trying to fulfill Christ's mission. And sometimes we're doing it on our own, and I think it would be helpful for us as a church to recognize that. 
you know, we've got, like, we've got soldiers in the field who are doing work. Um, we want to support them. What do you need for your Bible study that you're doing? Do you need Bibles? Do you need snacks? Do you need, like, how can we, as the, the platoon, go out to our squads and say, hey, you've got a need, um, and we have that communication. So, yeah, doing our Bible studies. Um, I live in Gehring, Nebraska. I live in Scotts Bluff, that area, um, most of the time. And so I have opportunities to, to minister to people down there. My wife... Um, is the secretary at Gearing Middle School. And so if you know anything about the secretary, who goes up to the secretary's office? It's all the kids who get in trouble. And so she is on the daily um, able to display Christ to kids who are from broken homes. And so that's, that is a mission, that is an area of missions that people from our church family are, are engaging in. Um, what else? I hear, I hear um, kids, I hear adults, I hear um, people who are in need. If we were going to develop a mission statement as a church and something that said, you know, and we wanted to get specific with it, we would say, Alliance Christian Church exists to make disciples of all nations by, and then we would list off, investing in our youth and adult Bible studies. What, what, are, some, what are some specific rubber-meets-the-road places that we would put in that mission statement? Okay. Yeah. Outreach. Yeah. So if I was if I was writing this mission statement, I would say in order to fulfill our commander's intent, I would say we exist to make disciples of all nations by providing outreach to youth adults and those in need through and then in, in the military your mission statement for the unit is going to have some form of what is your resource that you're going to use to do all those things through its members right our people our our resource we don't have tanks we don't have helicopters we have people and we've got the word. We've got God's word. So our center of gravity, our main resource is through a family of believers um, who rely on God's word. That's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good unit mission statement as far as I'm concerned. So then, and I want to I kind of shift gears here a little bit. If that's our mission, and, and we can look at our commander's mission statements, and we can shift our attitude so that we're fulfilling that. What are our standard operating procedures? And where do we find them? Ten Commandments, there you go. Somebody mentioned that. Um, more broadly, it's this, right? 
Um, this entire book is our standard operating procedures. These are our SOPs. Um, one thing that's interesting about SOPs is they're always, they're very specific in nature. So there's an SOP for how you march in the jungle. There's an SOP for how you march in the desert. There's an SOP for how you climb over a brick wall. There's an SOP for how you climb over a barbed wire fence. And they're unique. The Bible's the same way, isn't it? Does every part of scripture apply equally in every situation? That's important. Because if I'm reading through my, my sword of the spirit, my standard operating procedures, and I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm just trying to figure out how to do this whole church Christian thing, and I come to like, I don't know, like Leviticus 4 is what I had tabbed out. Every individual sins by straying intentionally when he violates one of the Lord's commandments, which must not be violated, and he pleads guilty. That's something that happens in our life, isn't it? Okay. Or his sin is committed is made known to him. He must bring a flawless female goat and offer as his offering for the sin he committed. He must lay his hands on the head of the sin offering and slaughter the sin offering in the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. You remove all the fat. And then, okay. Seems like a little silly to even ask that, but... Nobody's going to be slaughtering any goats in church here, right? Hopefully. But we can make a blanket rule, no, no goat sacrifices in church. But I, I want us to have a serious framework with how we read this book. And so as silly as it may sound, what is the rule for how we read our SOPs and determine whether it is applicable or not? Like, what's the guideline that you could tell to a brand new Christian, hey, when you're reading the Bible, this is how you should read it so that you don't end up showing up with goats in church? It's a good question, isn't it? It's an important question that we need to answer, isn't it? What are some, and, and this is where you guys can volley ideas and, and we can talk through this, because I think you all intuitively know, but maybe we haven't actually spelled it out in in words yet what are some i guess general guidelines on how you should approach god's word yeah so reading it through the lens of christ is extremely important and in fact um going back to our military metaphor the standard operating procedures, and this doesn't apply exactly, so don't take the metaphor too far, but the commander's intent, if the SOPs don't meet the commander's intent, you have the ability to say, well, this is slightly different because we have to march in this special way in order to meet the commander's intent. If Jesus is our commander, then we have to look at the Bible through the lens of Jesus. Again, don't take the metaphor too far. All I mean is we need to read it through the lens of Christ. So yeah, that's a that's a good framework to build around. What else? Yeah. 
And so you're getting on something very important, back then and now. What changed between back then and now as far as this book's concerned? Yeah, Jesus paid the price and I heard the word. A new what? What's another word for covenant? Testament. Is it also another one? Is this just one singular book? We have to remember that. It's divided into different books, and each of those books is divided into different chapters. And there are there is one very major break in here between the New and the Old Covenant, the New and the Old Testament. Um, absolutely, this is the Word of God, but we only apply it insofar as we read it through the lens of this last third of the book. We are a New Testament church. We don't look to Leviticus about how we cover up sin. We look to Jesus, we look to the New Testament. That's important. And like I said, I think you guys intuitively know this. But if you don't spell it out, what happens is you will, you can get down some pretty bad ideas. There are, um, there are brands and strains of Christianity who tell, the, tell their members that they need to eat kosher food because it's in the Bible. The Bible has food laws, it's the word of God, so we're gonna follow these food laws. And they completely miss the mark in the fact that this half of the book says that we don't do that anymore. Um, so where are some key places if we're gonna be looking at our SOPs and how we, how we interact as a church how we structure ourselves, how we do things. What are some key locations in the Bible? We talked about the Ten Commandments. What are some key places in the New Testament where we would look to find how we fulfill our mission? What's that? Okay, why Timothy? Expand on that. Right. There's a structure there, right? He tells Timothy, okay, you're going to go in, you're going to put up in these rules, you're going to um, make sure that you have elders and they're going to be like this, and you're going to have deacons and ministers and they're going to be like this, and you're going to have da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's a good place. Paul's letters, Timothy, Titus. What else? Even if you don't know a specific verse. That is good. That is a very good point. Basically, let me say what you said back to you, but I, don't, I, I might not sound as smart as you sounded, if that's okay. We have to know the book before we can determine how to apply it. We have to actually know it backwards and forwards. Is that, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah. Just a familiarity with the Bible, especially the New Testament, but with all the Word of God. To be able to just know. Yeah. Um, 
what about what about the book of Acts? Would, it, would the book of Acts be a good place for a model for what our SOPs are? Yeah. Why? It's a history of the church. Um, we can read something like the book of Acts, or we can read Paul's letters and say, okay, the earliest Christian church did this and this in this way. Or we, we probably won't be able to apply all of it exactly in the same way. Um, nobody's speaking in miraculous languages in this congregation that I know of, um, where you just start speaking another language and I can just understand you in French. I suppose if that were to happen one day, we would have to rethink our standard operating procedures, but until then, we can safely assume that none of us are going to just magically learn, excuse me, none of us are going to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, learn French. Um, we, have, we have the example of Jesus, right? We find that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are good SOPs to follow. We have the example of the early church in the book of Acts. We have the example from Paul's letters. I think all of the New Testament is good. And we have, we have just the general moral law of God where you study the Old Testament. You study the Ten Commandments and you get an idea of what God is after as far as morality. So, I want to circle back around to, to what we had talked about with our specific ideas. If our church's mission statement is something along the lines of, we exist to um, make disciples by investing in outreach in our youth, in our adults, in our communities in need, through our members and our family and the word of God and our SOPs we follow is the New Testament specifically. What is our, what is our next course of action as a church? And this is where I really want to open it up. What do we need to be doing to fulfill our commander's intent? Where? How? I want to, I want, uh, I want us as a church to come away with this with this conversation saying next Thursday we're going to do this thing at this place at this time because that's what fulfills our commander's intent. Or at least be thinking along those lines. We don't have to have a specific day and time and all of that, but
Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think what I want, like the Bible studies, like baseball, if, if you're in the field and that's what you're doing, uh, I want you to be able to come to the church at large and say, hey, I've found a stronghold that we're in. We're like, we're gaining ground on this hill. I need support. And so that the church, the whole of us can come together and say, yeah, I can, I can help coach baseball. Or, no, nah, I can't help coach baseball, but I can get you some orange slices and Capri Suns if that's what you need. I want us to be thinking in those terms um, and have that unity where we can find those places and say, yeah, this is an avenue of ministry and outreach that I didn't know was there. And I would have never... That's something that I or probably Ron would have never thought of, like, oh, we could minister the word through baseball. I'm not a sports guy. I, I was on the honor league. I didn't honor team. I didn't do sports. I was terrible at it. So that's not what my brain is. Um, so, yeah. What, I mean, a couple others. And then I want us to, because I've been keeping you guys for a minute, so I want us to sing a song and, and do our prayers. But I, I, what are some other places we can be? Fighting the good fight as a church. Yeah. That's that. And see, maybe, and maybe that's a place where we as a church help to build each other up and give us some internal support where we say, hey, so in the military, they use a term called readiness, right? Each individual soldier has to be ready to be deployed. Well, that's our readiness. Like, have you been studying the word? And the unit helps each individual soldier internally become ready. So maybe that's a thing where we say, yeah, we're going to get a Bible reading plan. We're going to help encourage so that everyone is ready to go out and fight. Bible studies internally.
any other before we before we jump into our our song of invitation and by the way i want to thank everybody for bearing with me if you were expecting me to do a normal sermon i'm sorry you're disappointed if you like having conversations good we'll do these more often but any other places where we can Yeah. Yeah. Something off the wall. Yeah. No, no, I think you're exactly right. And what it? I think so. Yeah, like the trunk. Yeah. Well, and so that's, you know, this is why I'm glad we're doing something like this because. But surely, but yeah, because surely there's, there's a place, I'm thinking right where there's that, that sign that's the visitor center sign right there. That's kind of a public square type area on fourth. Um, We could, 
Yeah, and we could absolutely. Yes. And that's where I had a whole, because um, I've been at Carson's, I had a whole military mindset. That's where when you do your operations order and you make your mission and you say, here's what we want to do, here's the obstacles we might face, weather, you know, in the military it's like the enemy might do this and that, you know. So those are things that as we plan those events, we go through and say, what's our contingency? Um, Where is the mission stores right there, isn't it? Or is that kind of off the side? It's further south. It's not on that main track. Okay. I don't want us to get too far in the weeds of planning events like that, but I want us to be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, wanna, I want us to, to move on. Um, it's been 45 minutes. I, don't, I want you guys to be able to eat. Um, I like lunch, um, but I would love it if you would, oh yeah, I would love it if you would go to God in prayer with me, and then we'll sing a, a song of invitation. Father God, we thank you for this chance that you've given us to, to come together, to, to meet with each other, to help to make a plan for your will. God, I just ask that you would help us to continue to be in our communities, to continue to have a goal toward fulfilling your mission. And we thank you for each and every one of the people here today who've, who've helped contribute to that. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And the church said,